History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Pastor James McPherson. He's uh, pastored uh, uh, many churches. Uh, well, he's got three churches he's pastoring right now, three campuses all across Queensland. It's great to have him on the line today. How are you, mate? I'm really well. It's good to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Now, whereabouts are your church campuses? Uh, we've got a campus in Cairns, in Townsville, and on the Sunshine Coast. Basically, anywhere there's a palm tree, we have a church. <laughs> so, mate, you're very busy. How do you travel between the three churches? Well, uh Fortunately, aircraft travel is fairly cheap these days, um, but increasingly we're using um, live linking technology, which uh, enables us to speak to all three cities from one location. Fantastic, mate. It's such a great way to uh, cover a whole bunch of uh, people across Queensland. And Now, mate, we've never actually met before, so it's great to finally connect with you today. Uh, I've uh, watched your tweets for many years. Uh, uh, obviously, you do a lot of tweeting, uh, particularly on the TV show Q&A. Uh, do you enjoy trying to get the word? have got out and get people thinking about Christian stuff uh, in that kind of environment? Well, I just think it's a good forum that uh, Christians should utilise. You know, historically, Christians tend to vacate public spaces. And then, of course, the vacuum is always filled by other voices. Um, I just think it's important for Christians to utilise every uh, tool possible and to uh, have their voice heard in all sorts of different forums. Mm, absolutely. And the only other time I've actually seen you, I think I saw you on stage at Hillsong Church where Brian Houston had a bunch of pastors on stage and you were doing a bit of Q&A with him. What, what was that like? Uh, it's always a little bit intimidating to be on a stage in front of that many people, but <laughs> um, but always very enjoyable, especially when you're talking church life with people like Brian Houston. Mm. Uh, uh, I don't know if anyone else enjoyed it, but I had a great time. <laughs> Very cool. Now, for those who don't know much of your story, uh, I've got a, a photo here of uh, you and your beautiful wife, Sam, and your two gorgeous children. Um, let's find out a bit of your history first. Wh- whereabouts were you born and raised? Where are you from initially? Uh, born in uh, Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, so I try to keep that quiet. Um, <laughs> and then uh, was raised in Victoria, hence my love of all things AFL. Uh, moved to Brisbane um, in my late teens and uh, have lived in Queensland ever since. And were you raised in a Christian home, or was there a conversion experience? Yeah, my dad was a Baptist pastor, and uh, so I'm one of those kids who started going to church nine months before he was born, uh, (laughs) and uh, have always just loved the church. So I feel very fortunate to have been brought up uh, in a family where uh, I was always taught the love of God, didn't have to discover it. Uh, It was uh, always part of our life. Okay, and tell me, what kind of career did you have straight after school? Uh, I'd always wanted to be a preacher, but um, when I left school, I got a cadetship with the Courier Mail uh, as a journalist, uh, which I loved. And if I wasn't called to ministry, I'd go back to media in a heartbeat. Um, Mm -hmm. But I always knew from a young age that I would be a preacher. I just sort of put that off for as long as I could and uh, very much enjoyed uh, working in media for the time that I did. So how long were you with the Career Mail for, and what kind of role did you have? Yeah, I was with the Career Mail for seven or eight years, um, did my cadetship with them, and then was their um, Gold Coast reporter. So uh, basically anything that happened on the Gold Coast, I reported it, which um, was uh, 
a lot of fun. Did you ever get a chance to uh, shine a light or share your faith a little bit in, in the articles you were writing at the time? Not really through the articles. Um, that's a little difficult um, in the Career Mail, but certainly uh, the people that you're able to meet through that role. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody from you know Clint Eastwood to um, criminals just uh, out of prison, uh, you certainly met a wide variety of people. And so there were great opportunities to interact with people and and uh, share your faith with people you wouldn't normally have the opportunity to meet. And tell me about the transition from working in uh, working for a newspaper to, to getting into ministry. Oh, gee. Um, <laughs> well, they're two very different things, although I suppose what they have in common is communication. Um, and uh, also you're dealing with people from a very diverse range of backgrounds and uh, circumstances. So uh, probably the, the communication training and uh, just the... Uh, ability to relate to people of all backgrounds was probably a, a help in transitioning from media to ministry. And where did you first start pastoring? Uh, uh, on the Gold Coast uh, and Assemblies of God Church there, uh, we were the youth pastors. And uh, so that's where we sort of got our start in ministry. And then how long were you youth pastor for? And, and then where, where did you start as a senior pastor? Yeah, we youth pastored for a couple of years on the Gold Coast, then, um, then for a few years on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, at what was King's Christian Church, and then uh, in 2007 moved to Townsville as the pastors of Calvary Christian Church there, and uh, from there have uh, taken on a campus on the Sunshine Coast and started one fresh in Cairns. So that's uh, been the last uh, seven or eight years for us. Okay, now I remember uh, Steve Penny used to be uh, senior pastor at uh, King's Christian Church. Actually, uh, I got a chance to speak at a uh, a business uh, breakfast there one day at this beautiful cafe there. I think it was at Malula Bar somewhere, and uh, got to meet a whole bunch of the business guys there. Jeff Penny was involved at, at the time, and I got a chance to go up there. And I, I remember they were also in the media at the time because uh, the previous pastor, Steve Penny, actually hired out a helicopter to fly between the campuses, and it actually made the headlines, didn't it? Yeah, the media loved that. Um, <laughs> so uh, from memory, I think the helicopter was, uh, or the company was owned by someone in our congregation. So um, it seemed very ostentatious, um, but uh, in reality, it didn't cost the church much at all because they were only paying for fuel. Um, <laughs> but uh, the media certainly um, thought that was fantastic, a church that used a helicopter. Of course, the, the traditional view of uh, church by the media is that the church is... Uh, wooden pews, old people and empty. So um, a church that was utilising anything modern uh, tended to be a bit of a story. Now, for you taking over a church from a guy like Steve Penny, he's like, you know, one of the, the great fathers in the Assemblies of God movement in Australia, a very, you know, strong pastor, a very prophetic kind of a guy. What was it like uh, trying to fill his shoes? Well, I didn't try to fill his shoes. Um, <laughs> I think to try to fill his shoes would have been incredibly foolish. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a bit like... David, who um, comes down to fight Goliath, and, and Saul offers him uh, his armor, and uh, David is incredibly appreciative, but says, "Look, uh, I'm sure your armor is brilliant for you, but I've, I've got to use my slingshot." So, uh, I, I think you've still got to be your own person and, and do things the way that you do them, whilst uh, respecting and being very grateful for the um, the help that you have received. Um, Steve Penny still uh, is very much involved. Uh, with us, preachers regularly for us, and um, 
and is a great uh, source of wisdom for me. So um, I'm very grateful for all he's done for us. Oh, it's wonderful. It's good to hear about a successful transition. Uh, and there's a lot of churches that are, that are passing on to the next generation. And you're, 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 you've got a, a fairly young family, you, and you've got two gorgeous boys. Tell us about the story about, uh, about your sons. Yeah, we adopted our children from Ethiopia when they were six months old. So we've got uh, twin Ethiopian boys. They're now eight years old. Uh, so it was a six-year process of um, adopting those children. Yosef and Biniam are their names. And uh, so they were born to a, um HIV-infected uh, teenager living on the streets of Addis Ababa. Uh, she gave birth to the boys um, and then disappeared. Um, so they were put up for adoption. Uh, we've since tried to find her unsuccessfully. Uh, but have taken the boys back to Ethiopia on a number of occasions. In fact, we're back there again uh, early next year. Um, so uh, they're very much uh, little Aussies, or as they call themselves, Aussieopians. <laughs> uh, they're, they're just delightful uh, boys, and we're very blessed to uh, have them in our family. Mate, it's just an amazing story of adoption. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are talking about how, actually, how difficult it is to actually adopt uh, kids in Australia. Was it a hard process for you guys? so much hard as long and expensive um as i said it took six years for us to adopt the boys and uh, uh it cost about thirty five thousand dollars as i recall back in those days um so it, it wasn't difficult it was just a long laborious expensive process and uh part of that i think is to do with the um lack of resource given to it by state governments and um increasingly um adoption is becoming difficult anyway um, so uh, yeah, it took a long time, but uh, it's amazing how once uh, those children are part of your family, you forget about the uh, the emotional roller coaster of the weight, and uh, they're just a joy to uh, to have. Well, mate, it is an amazing story, and uh, if people want to uh, check out the photo, um, is, is there is there photos of your boys on your church website? If people could look it up, uh, yeah, there probably are. Mm, I think I had, a, I think I saw one there on the website before. So, what's the website for the church if people want to find out more about your churches? Uh, it's www.calvarycc.org.au. Okay. Now, these three campuses, let me just get a bit of an idea. So how many weeks do you spend at each one? Like, do you preach at one each week? Or, uh, do you have like a, a regular roster that you rotate between the three? Well, we have campus pastors who um, oversee the operations of each campus and do a great job. And then uh, then I'm regularly at all three um whether in person or, or on video link. So um, one way or another, I would speak into each campus um, fortnightly. And tell me, where do you live? Whereabouts are you based? Townsville is home. Okay. Uh, yeah, we love Townsville. And do you think uh, the uh, the people at Cairns and the Sunshine Coast are a bit jealous that you live in Townsville and that I get to see, you know, is there, is there, is there favouritism there, mate? Do you, you know, do you lean towards the Townsville church because it's in your town? or? <laughs> I think people have got their own lives and they're not too concerned with where we live. Um, I, uh, our church, people understand that's how uh, how we roll. And uh, and as I said, we've got great campus pastors and great staff in each location who um, who make sure that the pastoral care and the, the day-to-day ministry uh, to people, whether they're children or the elderly or young people or whatever happens, and uh, so as long as those fundamentals are strong, it works very well. Yeah, that's good, mate. It, it, it just takes a while for you to get your head around, okay, so this guy's got three campuses and they're so far apart. And, you know, I mean, but like you say... Well, you know, it's, it, it sounds 
brand new, but actually multi-campus church has been happening um, in recent times since the 80s. In fact, I think 64 of the 100 fastest growing churches in the States are multi-campus churches. Mm. Uh, the biggest church in America now is um, about 70,000 people. It's a multi-campus church. And if you think back historically, you know, guys like Wesley, who used to travel miles on horseback, was really doing the same thing. It's just he didn't have Virgin Airlines to help him out. <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> if the Apostle Paul could have uh, spoken via the internet rather than write a letter to the Philippians, I'm sure he would have. Um, I just think technology is a, a wonderful aid to uh, building the kingdom of God, and, and we're uh, foolish not to utilize it to its fullest. That's no, brilliant, mate. I just think it's fantastic what you guys are doing. And Now, do you guys have a big focus on missions, and, and what nations do you, uh, do you sow into with your missions arms? Yeah, well, we, we view missions not only as overseas but locally. Um, you know, uh, Jesus' instruction to the church was... Uh, to preach the gospel in Judea, Samaria, uh, and to the ends of the earth. Um, so you've got to start in Jerusalem. Um, so uh, locally, we do a lot with things like um, Red Frogs Ministry to universities. Yeah, uh, That's a major emphasis locally, as well as uh, what we're doing in local schools, uh, and then church planting. Um, overseas, um, we're quite involved in Africa, so we sponsor 300 children through our church uh, in Kenya and Ethiopia. Wow. Uh, we've also just partnered with a, a local church in Ethiopia to begin another congregation. Um, and then uh, we're fairly major supporters of a, uh, an orphanage that was started in Borneo about 17 years ago from, uh, by people from our church. And uh, that's an incredible um, uh, operation there where they don't just supply accommodation and, and food, but they have uh, schooling that's utilised not only by children who don't have parents, but uh, children from the local village come into that school as well. So we partner with them, and, and there's a, a range of other things we do, but they would be the uh, the major uh, focus of our um, overseas expression. Now, Matt, I'm curious about this conference you've got coming up in April called the Think Again Conference. Tell us about this yeah, one. For a long time, it's been one of my concerns that we have Christians who believe like Christians but think uh like uh, popular culture instructs them to. And uh, I just think Christianity is a license to think. And we ought to think because there are a lot of issues facing our nation right now that require us to uh, have um, coherent responses to. Uh, I think Peter writes uh, in, his, uh, in his letter in the, the uh, New Testament that we should be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Um, and oftentimes, um, we struggle to think through our responses to uh, contemporary issues. And even if we know in our heads what we think, we struggle to articulate it in a fashion that wins people rather than alienates them. And uh, so we've got a conference on the Sunshine Coast in April. Uh, we've invited uh, Dinesh D'Souza, a former White House advisor and New York Times bestselling author. Uh, one of his books uh, um, uh, which I'm just struggling to think of the title of it. What's so great about Christianity is the title. Yeah. It's a brilliant defense of Christian faith and why it makes so much sense. Uh, he's speaking. Um, Cy Rogers, who is a genius at taking uh, the gospel and making it relevant in popular culture, he'll be there, as well as Dr. David Van Gender, bioethicist, and uh, Paul O'Rourke, a former Fairfax editor. And so the point of the conference is to uh, look at um, what makes Christianity so reasonable and how are we best able to articulate that in a fashion 
that uh, wins people to the cause of Christ rather than uh, pushes them away and alienates them. So I'm certainly sure it will be helpful to people in our church, but I'm believing it will be a, a great blessing to the body of Christ generally. Well, mate, it sounds like a fantastic lineup, and uh, I'll say, have to see if I can track some of those guys down for some radio interviews, hey? Yeah, we'd be happy to uh, help you with that and make them available. Fantastic. Well, mate, it uh, sounds like a great conference, and uh, it's called Think Again. And uh, if people want to find out more, they can go to the website, calvarycc.org.au uh, slash thinkagain. You can find out all the details there. And, uh, James, mate, I reckon you're a history maker. It's just inspirational to uh, uh, see about you know all these conferences you're doing, the churches you're overseeing, the missions work you're doing. And uh, I love your tweets as well, mate. You're very, uh, you know how to fit something really really good in 140 characters, which not a lot of people can do. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of an art. That's why I enjoy it so much. It's just a challenge of trying to do it. But I'm, I'm glad you follow me on Twitter. That, that makes you and my mum look fantastic. <laughs> Very good. All right, James. Well, mate, thank you so much for joining us on History Makers today. God bless. A pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.